Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. NVR fantasy. Love that. Love that. You know, <laughs> you, you put the YouTube link in another chat. So uh, I was finding my notes. That happens. Coffee's kicking in. New Justin Simmons shirt on. Get to talk football with one of my favorite people to talk football with in the world. Kale, super producer Kale, famously the best on this panel at fantasy this year. Uh, how are you doing, my man? Doing great, man. How are yeah. you? good i'm i'm doing well i enjoy that we're doing a friday show first friday show of the year we've tried to get every day of the week sprinkled in different topics uh to pick from and uh yesterday's dallas cowboys game definitely sparked some topics for us also shout out to our regular host justin michael who's dealing with a coaching change an exclusive interview with a DMVR athlete, David Roddy. So check out all top his 10. great stuff over there. David Roddy, top 10 scorer in all of college hoops right now. It's Team DMVR athlete. How cool is that? Yeah. Uh, we have some phenoms on the squad. And, um, you know, ranking DMVR athletes in fantasy would be way easier than some of the conundrums we have here going into this final playoff stretch. And there are some much uh, much greater at-large football topics to kind of unravel here as we get into uh, some of the biggest backfield stonks, you could call them, um, going forward. And it starts in all these split backfields. And really, Kale, I would start with yesterday's game with the Cowboys because uh, 
NFL Twitter was going crazy on how Zeke was the issue with the Cowboys all along in brutal defeats against the Broncos and Chiefs and how Tony Pollard is clearly the best back. Uh, fortunately for me, I do this on a regular basis. And I remember just a month ago us having a conversation of, okay, Zeke is officially back. This is the best he's looked in years. He's had more like twice as many 20 point games than he has single digit games. That still remains true, even with yesterday's game. So uh, what's the truth here, man? What's the truth? In my opinion, I, I first off, moving forward, I just avoid that backfield draft wise. Mm. If you're in dynasty, I'd try and get out if you can, because it's just going to be a mess uh, moving forward. Because unfortunately, Zeke's got so much guaranteed money left on his contract. They're not going to cut it. Right. So, and whether you like it or not, Jerry Jones loves Ezekiel Elliott and the buck stops there in that organization. So he's going to get carries and NFL Twitter is correct. Tony Pollard is a better running back at this point than Ezekiel Elliott is. I think they have different skill sets, um, but I would just avoid that backfield moving forward because it's going to be a mess. I don't know how it gets cleaned up with those cap ramifications at all. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, they're just splitting carries right now. And I think here's the other thing. The way Zeke looked earlier in the year where he had a stretch from week two to week six um, with three 20-point games and then two others in double digits, that back is still there. I think he's older, though, and the tread on the tire and being able to stay fresh has become harder, which is why Tony Pollard is such a key to that game. And with Zeke in this shape, they're just not able to run off tackle as much. So Tony Pollard kind of becomes that change of pace guy. Um, And yeah, I think you're right. I think you got to kind of stay clear. Um, You do have the football team on the schedule twice. And that defense has been pretty nice to running backs. You do have the Giants. Um and then the cards week 17 philly week 18 whatever i mean uh, here's the deal schedule. yeah if you already have them on your squad um if you were smart and you drafted ezekiel elliott and tony pollard because he was his handicap right um handcuff. i would handcuff sorry blah. Yeah. i would uh <laughs> i'd probably start zeke down the stretch still i think he's gonna get the bulk of the carries especially in the red zone um, they've got some good teams on the schedule, but if you're banking on touchdowns, like we said, he, he's got more 20 point games than he does single digit games. It, he might not be that good of a real life football player, but out of the two, if you are stuck with those two down the stretch, I'd still start Zeke over Tony. Yeah. And also worth mentioning Tony followed two touchdowns the entire season, actually three, three. Um, so he's just not getting those red zone touches unless he breaks a big one. You're not, you're just not going to have a good day. So, unfortunately, while the eye test clearly tells us one thing, um, I think you're right. Just the opportunity is there more for uh, for Zeke right now. And yeah, kind of a tough spot to be in with either of those guys. Let's go to the Packers, where AJ Dillon finally starting to break out. Um, man, what a year this has been for the Packers front office in redeeming themselves. That Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon draft, all of a sudden, at least A.J. Dillon's kind of a key contributor. Um, He looked phenomenal. He was a top scorer at running back last um, 
week with 15 points. He's um he's looked good. And of course, we do have Aaron Jones coming back still in that backfield. So uh what to do with this and a bye week this week, too, with Chicago, Baltimore, Cleveland, the next three on the schedule. Um AJ Dillon is looking like a I, I like watching him play just from a fan just from a fan perspective. He runs angry, he runs hard, he runs downfield really fast. If you like watching big physical running backs, he's really fun to watch. Yeah. Uh and I think that's gonna matter down this stretch. They're playing in mostly cold weather cities down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And I think that style of running is gonna fit. And even when Aaron Jones gets back, I just don't know if he's going to get as many carries as we think he is He's yeah. still a little bit banged up. And I kind of feel like that coaching staff feels like AJ Dillon is their feature back because they drafted him in the second round. That's right. And I mean, two of these games are in Lambeau against the bears and Browns, two tough defenses. And then you go to Baltimore. It's cold weather. It's something that gets neglected in fantasy, but you enter December, shit gets real. All of a sudden, you got to run the ball. You can't get cute. This isn't four or five wide season in the NFC North. They're going to have to stay committed to the run game. They will stay committed to the run game. And uh, A.J. Dillon has that wide base to get downhill to punish you. He's the kind of guy your O-line wants running behind them. Um, and he's the kind of guy that's going to wear defenses down to where you get to the fourth quarter, and they just don't want to tackle that dude. He might be able to pop one off that's huge in the third or fourth because he's just continuing the drive. It's a function of the way that offense is built. I mean, when you really think about it, they've got an okay but not an elite offensive line, and then you have arguably the best quarterback in the league and the the best receiver in the league. So they're built around trying to deceive and get Aaron Jones and get Devontae Adams in open space and open, which they're trying to avoid Devontae Adams being doubled. And the way you're going to do that is you have to run the ball. You have to run the ball well to get them to leave a seventh or eighth man in that box so that Devontae Adams isn't open all the time. And so they're going to run the ball in order to be able to set that up. And you have to remember, this is still an outside zone running scheme. They're running a lot more power blocking sets because a, that's way more in A.J. Dillon's yeah, skill wheelhouse. set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wheelhouse skill set. That's the right word. Um, but it's still an outside zone system. They're going to be able to pop one off at the end, and they're going to have to run the ball in order yeah. to get Devontae Adams those Devontae Adams those one-on-ones. And that's what their entire offense is built around. I love this guy down the stretch. And like we talked about, Zeke, you're getting red zone opportunities with A.J. Dillon, something you Absolutely. cannot guarantee with Tony Pollard. He is just built to be a red zone back. Three touchdowns in the last three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a guy, if you still can, try to buy lowish in Dynasty or Keeper Leagues someone to target um of course what we just talked about and i mean kill he really falls into this at this greater topic that we were getting into off air which is uh you know how modern nfl defenses play how personnel has kept moving further and further towards nickel and sub packages to where now you have light back sevens across the league and um much power back is back 
Yes, the power back, power is, back, back. is back. Yep. And AJ Dillon's one of the hottest power backs in the league right now. Plain yeah. And, and we'll, I, I, I'll just for the audience get into the conversation I was having with you before the show. Um, over the last 10 years, we've seen this offensive explosion in the league really since 2011, 2012 ish is when yeah. we really saw it happen. Mm-hmm. And scoring has just gone up every year, every year until this year where we're actually seeing scoring has fallen a little bit. And that's mm-hmm. because in general, the league, because of how explosive the passing games have been, have moved to almost an entirely too high base system where they're playing these two high safeties. They're trapping these shells and trying to keep all of the offense in front of them. Mm-hmm. Well, what that does, the counteract to that, is to run the ball. Yep. That's right. And so the NFL is a league of punches and ca- counter punches. And that's right. Defenses finally counterpunched to this offensive explosion of, of the passing game. And the way offenses are going to have to counteract that, which is why we're seeing teams like San Francisco have a ton of success over the last month or so, mm-hmm. because they're mm-hmm. playing a different style. And the way to counteract those defensive styles are running the ball. And not every team in the league is running these two high systems. Don't get me wrong. I was talking to Dre about the Patriots earlier. They're doing it less than anybody in the league, and they've got the best defense in the league. So right. it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. But if this is going to be the style of play that defenses in general are going to be playing over the next four or five years, which it probably will be because you've got quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and you've got more talented receivers in this league than you've ever had. Yes, power backs are going to be more valuable than they have been in years in fantasy leagues. AJ Dillon, Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. which we're going to get into in a little bit. Um, <laughs> Javante Williams, and then we'll get into the Patriots backfield in a second as well. But these power backs are going to be really important players. I love that. I think we saw that in the Bengals thumping of the the Steelers. You know, the running back has really. I think we've seen it in the regression of the Rams who don't have that anymore. A team that used to be completely built around and you know an MVP candidate in Todd Gurley and that power back. They've gone so far away that now they're really struggling. Um and yeah, let's get into Javante Williams over Melvin Gordon. That's done and dusted. I think yeah. it's been for a couple weeks. I mean Melvin Gordon is uh first of all, questionable going into this Sunday's game anyway oh, with yeah, uh, yeah. an undisclosed injury. We don't really know what's going on. Um, so Javante Williams is for sure that guy. Um, but what we're figuring out is Javante Williams is just going to get as many touches and is way more of a explosive back. He's going to, Melvin might be more consistent on a down to down basis. Like if you're looking to get three and a half yards, every run, Melvin Gordon might be your guy, but Javante Williams' ability to just not go down and turn what should be a two-yard run into a 10-yard run. Um, and then the other thing I've really liked is they're throwing him the ball, for the, which yeah. I didn't think was going to happen. He's catching yep. passes. He had yep. 57 he really receiving is. yards. He was the Broncos' leading receiver last weekend. They're throwing him the ball, and he's proving that he's got some decent hands. And when you get him in space, they're really going to probably use yep. him in the screen game moving forward. And down the stretch, the Broncos have... Here's the great part. The Broncos had a heavy, heavy divisional slate down the stretch. They're playing mm-hmm. the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Chiefs almost exclusively down the stretch. And all three of those teams are horrible at containing the run on the edge. Horrible. The Chargers have the worst run defense in the league. So just spam Javante Williams. He's going to be a must start, and he's going to get red zone touches. He wasn't yep. at the beginning of the year, but he yep. is now. And I mean, that kind of punishing player you want. And again, they'll be at Arrowhead. 
dome in uh detroit but then at cincy dome in vegas you know you you've got some cold weather games in there and javante just fits everything we just talked about with the punishing power back so um there you go. Let's get into some uh, more under-the-radar backfield stonks with uh, Tennessee. They still have, um, you know, they're still figuring things out post-Derek Henry injury. And you have Dante Foreman, is that right? And yeah. um, you had a big, big week from Dontrell Hilliard kind of emerging um, against the Patriots with 131 rushing day and a 17-point day. And uh, Foreman still got tons of carries, but unfortunately also fumbled the ball, which, uh, you know, coaches don't like that. There's there's no way to hurt your trust with a coaching staff than fumbling the ball. But he, too, went over the century mark against the Patriots on 19 carries um, and has been a, a half-decent waiver wire pickup uh considering you got him after like week 10 are you scared off by the fumble and hilliard breaking a big run and outrushing foreman or are you sticking with foreman who again fits that power back role more so than hilliard i i have no idea what to do with this one <laughs> i just don't I, I don't trust either of them i don't know any I don't know enough about him from the players. I went back and watched a little bit of that Tennessee game and I wasn't too impressed with Hilliard. A lot of the runs were kind of easy yards. I don't feel like I was that impressed with him as a back moving forward. So I don't really know how the coaching staff is going to feel moving forward. Right. If you've got those guys, I don't know. You're probably not in a great spot anyway. <laughs> I'd Sorry. stick to Foreman. I think in a flex or RB2 situation, He's uh he can still be valuable. I think he's actually performed pretty well. They will stay committed to the run, um, and you know uh, they are they are right there leading the division. Like they can't they can't kind of give up and pack it in here. So uh, I think I think you gotta stay committed. It sucks they have a bye week, but then Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami could be worse. And then let's close this out. Another, it's actually a backfield you hinted at. The Patriots backfield, one that we've talked about a, a whole lot. You still have Damon Harris there and uh, Stevenson. Dude, I, I love Ramondre Stevenson. The massive rookie. Yes, everyone loves Ramondre I Stevenson. I love Ramondre Stevenson. He's just fun to watch. Yep, he's a big um, boy. My feelings about this down the stretch are Bill Belichick is not a stubborn coach. When he sees things that are working better, he's going to move to them down the stretch. I mean, we've seen it on playoff runs over the years, uh, and I think it's going to be the same this year. The best running back on that team is Ramondre Stevenson. Damian Harris is a good player. He's just not Very a true good. number one back, and I think Ramondre Stevenson is. Plus, he's going to get red zone touches just because of his size. 6.2 yards, 5.0, 5.8, and 5.1 per carry. So, uh, yeah, that's the last four weeks. Um, Just a monster. Well, and that offensive line is looking like the unit we thought it was going to be coming into the season. We had a couple weeks where we were really worried, but they just look utterly dominant, and they look deep. They're running six offensive linemen sets more than any team in the league right now because they're just running the – shit out of the ball <laughs> yeah really well um and so that's the thing i think they're gonna get 
I actually think Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson and RB2 or flex plays are both valid plays. I think they're both going to get enough carries and enough touches to make them. And they throw the ball um, as they always have in New England. They throw the ball to their running backs. Damian Harris is seeming like he's kind of that guy with obviously James White's um, not playing right now. Mm -hmm. So it seems like Damian Harris is going to be that guy. So if you're people, I think they're both valid plays right now. Um, Dynasty wise moving forward. As I said, I'm a Ramondre Stevenson guy. If you can pick him up in a dynasty, I think this is the first time Belichick's had a true feature back in a decade. Yeah, about that. About that. Yep. Sounds right. Mm-hmm. I uh I like the I like the Ramondre love. Uh his name does give me trouble though. Before we go to some must starts, because I think those were some interesting uh, backfield discussions, I want to remind you, all you fantasy savants, lovers, and followers out there, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Use that code DNVR. New users sign up. If an NFL team scores a point that you bet on, you bet a dollar, you win a hundred. One of the best offers you'll see out there. Then you use that code DMVR when you sign up. They'll match your first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Uh, the deals are never ending. The odds boost, the SGP protections, the player props, all sorts of amazing odds and features out there. You think the Broncos win this week and can win the division? You're going to get lots of value on that. Just download the number one sportsbook in the land, drafting sportsbook app now use that code dmvr as we mentioned must be 21 or older colorado only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match each up to 500 dollars deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough restrictions do apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and we must not forget to mention draftkings official sports betting partner of the nfl <laughs> come on Come on, get with the get with the program here, guys. All right, let's uh, let's get into some must starts after a massive week. It's in our headline, um, and you hinted at it already. We just had a major discussion about power running backs. Leonard Fournette going forward, though, man, what a wacky couple years it's been for his career. And all of a sudden, it kind of seems like he's found the perfect situation, the perfect time. And if there was ever someone who fit that mold of power back who you want running the ball in December, January, it's playoff Lenny who built, built his reputation as a 16-year-old phenom high school in Louisiana on punishing linebackers and DBs when he gets to that second level and beyond. What more can we say about this guy? Uh, I mean, he's not the same player he used to be. Uh, he's not, but... He's going to get a lot of opportunity and just with the wide receivers on that team, they have to, and Tom Brady, obviously they're going to have to play back a lot. So he's going to get a lot of opportunity into light boxes. And the other thing that I really like is with the Antonio Brown suspension, they're going to have to lean more on their running backs. The other weird thing that's happening this year with Leonard Fournette is they're throwing him the ball, which I don't know why. And he keeps dropping some of them because he still doesn't have the best hands, but he's getting targets. So in PPR leagues, it's good. And he's just punishing people and the touchdowns. I mean, obviously, you're not going to count on a four-touchdown week from him (laughs) moving forward. That's crazy. But he's going to get red zone touches. And if we know anything about 
Tom Brady offenses, which let's be honest, this is a Tom Brady offense as much oh, yeah. as it's a Bruce Arians offense. Oh yeah. Um, they like to play efficient football and efficient football means running the ball in the red zone. hundred percent. They also have the added advantage of Gronk, the best blocking or one of the best blocking tight ends in football, a really strong O-line, uh, a, a veteran quarterback who's making checks out the line against like boxes. Oh, and cherry on top. Their schedule is entirely in a South opponents who they'll be massive favorites against aside from Buffalo week 14. Um, so you can kind of beat up on those teams and you Even have that, playoff Buffalo's a much better pass defense than they are a run defense. Yep. 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 And it's, it all comes down to their safeties. Well, how do you challenge those safeties? You have Leonard Fournette uh, try to run them over a few times and see well, if they're, they're still with them. They're weak in the middle. They're inside linebackers or replacement level guys, which is fine. It's not a bad thing, but with, I still think Buffalo is a Super Bowl contender with that defense is really, really good. But even down, even against Buffalo, I think Leonard Fournette's got a really good chance to go off. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's the other, if nothing else, they're going to be in every game. So you see, you're not going to abandon the, the run game come the second half, like some teams might. Uh, what about Jalen Waddle all of a sudden throwing himself as a uh, right in the mix with Devontae Smith and um, and Jamar Chase as uh, potentially the top rookie ru- wide receiver in this class? He's been outstanding for several weeks now. Um, was the second most productive wide receiver in all of fantasy football last week, and a nice little schedule going forward with the Giants and Jets and a bye week on week fourteen. Must start going forward. Yeah, I mean, Fantasy Pros has them as their number two rated must start for wide receivers going down the stretch, which I think is really interesting. They're just going to keep throwing him the ball because they run yeah. in almost... <laughs> I mean, that offense is wacky to watch. It's hyper-efficient yeah. right now, which is cool, but it's almost entirely RPOs. Like, their whole offense is RPOs. Mm-hmm. So it's really odd, but because of that, they're using Jalen Waddle almost as a running back in some situations, which I think for fantasy purposes is really good for us. Yeah, no, I mean, you got to love that. He's getting consistent touches and uh, he's breaking big ones. You know, I mean, we talk about these feast or famine wide receivers. He kind of is that whether we want to admit it or not. So must start Eh. next two out of the next three weeks, though. Giants and Jets, you kind of have to. They're going to be in those games. He's going to get his opportunities. Why not? Um, another guy who all of a sudden has endless opportunities is OBJ Kale. He had a big week um, last week. We talked about the Rams' imbalance. They're that one team who's gone away from that running identity, and it's really hurt them. OBJ, are we buying this? Are we more skeptical? I'm skeptical. I just haven't seen OBJ be a consistent fantasy producer for years at this point. Uh, One big week. I mean, he had a couple big weeks in Cleveland too, where we had the same discussion. We were like, is OBJ back? He had two touchdowns and then he goes duds for the next couple weeks. Um, I thought the best option for OBJ as a fantasy option moving forward was when he was going to be able to feast in the slot um, because he's not going to be asked to block, but in the way the Rams run their offense, they use their wide receivers almost as pseudo tight ends on the edge, which is funny because that's kind of why OBJ signed with the Rams in the first place is because he didn't want to block anymore. And then Robert Woods got hurt and now he's having to block all the time, <laughs> which I and think is hilarious. Absolutely. And I think 
I think you're going to be playing whack-a-mole a little bit with him and Van Jefferson. I agree. We we talked Van Jefferson up when the news first broke of the OBJ signing. Um, and he's kind of proved us right. He's had some big weeks. So that's more who I'd invest. In. Also, OBJ just hasn't shown me he can stay healthy for more than like a three-week stretch um, in several years now. So I would be very skeptical. Um, how about Kendrick Bourne, a guy I've been high on? He has some big weeks. He's been the big play guy for the Patriots. But must start? He's not a must start, um, but if he's that a, feast or famine yeah, wide out, we if, love, he's, yeah. if he's a if he's if he's your flex option and you're on the bubble looking for some high upside plays to get a win, he's a great option. It's crazy how many of these guys we've talked about still have bye weeks left on their schedule. Um, cr- I was looking at how many buys my roster had this really week, well. and I was like, this late in the season, I got this many buys, and then I remembered 17, 17 games. Right, right. <laughs> um, well. The other thing is we talked about this with the Patriots running backs with Bourne, though, you still have Buffalo twice on the schedule. You have a bye. you have the Colts. That's not the easiest defense. You know, they're so matchup dependent. You never know when it's when it's going to be Stevenson or Hunter Henry or uh, Jacoby Myers's day. Well, and they're just like buyer beware. It's the and way New Kendrick England's Moore. yeah, I like him as a player too. Um, as a real football player, not a fantasy guy. Exactly. Uh, yep. just because I mean it's how New England's always been. They spread the ball, unless it's the one year when they had Randy Moss. Like they spread the ball around. They don't have thousand yard receivers all the time because they just have a bunch of pass catchers that's all right. over the place and it's matchup dependent. And that's how Bill Belichick likes to do his bidding. Uh, like I said, if he's in a flex play wide receiver two play and you're playing for upside because he's sort of a feast or famine guy, I don't hate it, but he's not a must start. Let's close this out with Gronk has a big game, seven receptions for 123 yards. He's actually had, um, a decent season. Problem is he's only played five weeks. So he looks healthy right now. Um, he does. He, he does. Yeah, he does. Which is, he actually looks the healthiest he has in years to me in a long is, time. Yep. Yeah, which is crazy. crazy. Yep. Um, terrifies me going into the playoffs if I was a fan of a team in the NFC because Gronk in the playoffs is a whole nother monster, as we've seen time and time again. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> so if I were a fan of an NFC team, I'd be terrified. But yeah, Gronk's a must start going forward. If if he's healthy, you got to start him. I mean, just yeah. on red zone targets alone. Tom Brady looking for Gronk in the red zone. It's just going to happen. You're not wrong. It's been such a wacky year for tight end. I mean, you look at the like top for performers from week 12. Oof. It's so, not who I you would have expected. Yeah. Dawson like, Knox, Jack Doyle, Dalton Schultz. <laughs> Pat, Pat Fryermuth has had a Gerald couple of big Everett. weeks. <laughs> My God. <laughs> what a mess. Um So, yeah, there you go. In a tight end group like that, Gronk is going to be one of the top five most reliable consistent guys so for sure yeah um the other that, guy i would throw in there start. as a tight end must start down the stretch is uh kittle's healthy so if you've got him start him there you go yep activate him from the ir whatever you got to do but you got to remember to start kill that's actually a great reminder because it's been hard to remember that in one of my leagues kale this was a uh, lovely shouts to our guy justin michael who couldn't be with us but is always part of this pod this show was produced by super producer Kale Sorbo. We will be back next week. Best of luck on fantasy.